0: On this episode of Hit the Deck, we welcome a guest who's done more hockey events than we've done shows.
1: So I was able to, privileged enough to be the captain of the USA South team, so that was a fun experience as well. We gave him a good fight in that one.
0: And it's a holiday weekend, and teams are honoring America in the traditional manner. By building ball hockey rinks? Not only are they building
2: 10 rinks, but they have already donated more than 100,000 hockey sticks and hockey pucks and slash balls for ball hockey. And this is all thanks to the Lightning's Build the Thunder 2.0 program.
0: There is one aspect of this that I would like to focus on specifically, and that is because I am a pedant and cannot help focusing on meaningless minutia. What is the thunder in this case? All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit The Deck. Game on! Welcome to episode 137 of the Hit The Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey. It's hockey and sneakers. Yes, it is. And it's been another week, as you know. I imagine unless, you know, you're listening to this, you're binging it somewhere down the line where you're just listening to one episode after another. So for you, it could have been mere seconds since the last time you heard us. But let's assume that you're listening in real time. And in that case, it has, in fact, been another week. It's been another week since we recorded. And so happy to be back at it here for your listening enjoyment. Knock on wood. Again, I mentioned this last week. I would knock on wood, but you would only hear... which would probably be very annoying in your ear so rather Mm. than knock on wood and be annoying i will instead ramble and be annoying (laughs) because it's my brand but uh whose brand my brand whose brand my brand whose brand i'll tell you in tonight's starting lineup and for tonight's starting lineup in goal as ever i am number 35 your american rhino gary mccomiskey and of course my illustrious co-host
2: on defense, number four, I'm James Sajeyzi, and we are honored to have a very special guest with us tonight.
1: At center, number twenty, Wayne Barrett, DC Phantoms.
2: Yeah, thank you so very much for coming on the podcast tonight, Wayne. It's a huge honor for us, and we will be thanking Mr. Craig Gusman many times during the podcast for arranging that. But uh, we are honored to have you on, and thank you for joining us.
0: All right, Wayne, sit tight for just a couple of more minutes please uh, and and you know we will be right back at you but first James how are you sir hanging in there how about yourself i'm all right 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 i clearly clearly i'm all right because that's all i can think to say i i seem to be stuck in some kind of loop well all, <laughs> so- all right Ah, ah, ah. hey james would you like to hear something completely random absolutely (laughs) all right i just learned this perhaps you knew this because you do have a young niece and nephew but i just learned this did you know that disney has in the last year has rebooted muppet babies yes I, did I have not. not
2: seen an episode, though, but yeah, I, I did hear that.
0: I just learned this a few days ago, and I watched the... I haven't watched an episode. I've watched the theme song. It's it's computer animated. CGI is just about everything is now, but it's animated. And I... It's it's definitely... It's aimed at the preschool demographic. You know, it's, a, it's a definitely a kid's show. They introduced a new character, Summer the Penguin. Penguin? Yeah, they needed... Apparently they decided they needed a new female character and okay. I don't know. They scooter isn't in it. So I guess they couldn't put Skeeter in it either. Oh, it's just honestly, a lot of them are missing. It's, it's, it's only Kermit, piggy, Fozzie, gonzo, uh, no Ralph or animal animal. animal. Oh. It, uh, yeah, there's six of them. Kermit, piggy, Fozzie, gonzo, animal, and summer. Now, oh. So, yeah, you know, Again, Wait a minute, a penguin named Summer? Yes. I have not watched an episode. I've only watched the theme song. I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't condemn the entire show just because of the theme song. But, you know, it's it like it just I feel like Obviously, I'm going to be biased because I grew up watching Muppet Babies as a child in the '80s. I grew up watching Muppet Babies, so you know it was my first exposure to the Muppets. It has a very wow, yeah. It has a very prominent place in my my childhood and my youth, and it was just so much fun. Muppet Babies, we make our dreams come true. You know, it was fun. It was fun when your room looks kind of weird and you wish that you weren't there. You know, it was a lot of fun. And I it had like the 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 kind of like live action movie sequences spliced in with the animation and it was just it, I don't ah it was just a lot of fun. And this this seems like this show just just based on the theme song. It seems a lot more, I don't know, it's Disney Junior and it feels like Disney Junior if if that yeah. makes sense. Enough like, said, yes. It's got yeah. it it's it's very simplistic kind of like we're targeting this at very young children so we have to strip it down and uh you know and and the the kind of element of of whimsy and the element of mischief that always was associated with the muppets seems to be missing. I, again, I'm only basing it based on the theme song, but that, I I don't know. I just, it's a little disappointing to me. I hope kids like it. I hope it becomes a gateway for a younger generation to become familiar with and fall in love with the Muppets. I really do. But for me, eh, I, 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 eh, it's a little underwhelming. Fair enough. Although I will say one thing, and this is actually how I came to be aware of it, is They did one season and they're going to debut a second season soon. But between seasons, the uh, I forget if it's the producer. I think it's the producer could be the director, but I think it's the producer. Anyway, one of them decided uh, we should do something between seasons. You know, we should have some Muppet Babies content that we can put out there between seasons. So what he was able to do is he was able to convince Disney to... Build like Muppet versions of the Muppet Babies, like actual physical Muppet versions of the Muppet Babies Uh and put together some some shorts of them interacting with kids out in the real world. And I have to tell you, James, these Muppet Baby Muppets are adorable.
2: Oh, okay, good. I thought you were going to say that they were like gritty-like or something.
0: No, no, no. They're all, oh, I mean, they, they kind of did this once before with the um, Muppet Baby segments. And what was it? I think first Muppets Take Manhattan and then Muppet Family Christmas, they had uh, a segment with that where they were watching home movies. But yeah, they these, oh, they're just, they're just so cute. They're diabetically cute. <laughs> but uh, I, that's neither here nor there. That has nothing to do with hockey. I, I have I have not participated in any hockey in the last week. I've not watched any any NHL despite your admonition that I should do so. And uh, I, I have not had the opportunity to play any hockey. So I have just been a, a, a hockey desert of late, which I guess is why it's really important that we have some very hockey specific talk to talk about here on our hockey podcast this week.
2: Yeah, we have a great guest that uh, fascinating career and I think really encapsulates what deck hockey is all about. And again, we'll we'll be thanking Craig throughout the uh, podcast, but just have to thank Craig Gussman for introducing us to Wayne Barrett. And I'm really looking forward to that interview in this podcast.
0: So being that we are looking forward to it, do you have any other uh, nostalgic reboots that you'd like to address or or shall we proceed?
2: No, I'm just a single loser. So I don't have any children to live vicariously through. So let's continue, please.
0: Hey, at least you're not a creep. I don't think so. I hope (laughs) not. So like, I mean, if you were sitting home watching Disney Junior on your own, you know, no judgment, but people might wonder. So the fact that you're not is, you know, there's something to be said for that. I do have to
2: confess, though, with the original Muppet Babies, I completely stole Yippee Skippy from uh, Little Miss Piggy. I used to say that a lot.
0: Did she? See, I don't remember that. I I know you (laughs) say it. I don't remember her saying it.
2: Nope, that's where I I, uh, stole it
0: from. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Muppet, 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 Babies, 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 Babies. Dreams can come true. So, uh, okay. Anyway i think i've, Yippee. Compl- I've I, yippies you were gonna say it say it say it say it <laughs> Yippie, skippy yes thank you so all right <laughs> nanny's gonna come in here and put me in a timeout <laughs> uh, all right. i think i've gotten it out of my system so right. that being the case james can i convince you coerce you twist your arm to tell us please what is on deck for this podcast
2: Ow, 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 ow! Let go, let go! Dex WB. With the first name Wayne, you just have to be a hockey great. Thanks to Mr. Craig Gussman, we welcome Mr. Wayne Barrett as proof to that theory on Hit the Deck. This man has sustained a dreamlike deck hockey career, and we are honored to have him share some of his experiences with us. And don't forget 2019. It's Memorial Day weekend, and the American Rhino is leading the charge of grateful USA countrymen and thanking our incredible military. Also, since it's the official unofficial puck drop to summer, Pittsburgh is all set for the season, and the lightning keep their promise and then some. Plus, the cup final starts on Memorial Day. And that's what's on deck.
0: Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Hey, it's Fleet Week here in New York. That's right. I mean, that's apropos of nothing, but, you know, it's I work in New York City and it's always kind of fun to see the sailors walking around in their crisp dress whites. And, uh, you know, it's it's, um, it's it's nice. It you know, it's a good reminder of the people who are protecting us and the people who are doing their part for this country. So, you know, it's 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 good to have that that visible reminder absolutely all right well you know one of the places where the military presence is felt most prominently especially around memorial day is washington dc and it just so happens that we have a very special guest from that very area who we would like to welcome back to the podcast wayne welcome to hit the deck what's going on great to be on so Wayne, you've had
2: and are having an incredible career and just fascinated by it. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, we'll get into it in a second. But again, yeah, a couple of podcasts ago, Mr. Craig Gussman introduced
0: us to you previously on Hit the Deck.
2: I found DC SHL,
1: which is run by Wayne Barrett. They typically do draft leagues. Wayne is originally from Philadelphia. So when I moved up here, I contacted him.
2: And uh, as Craig said, you have had an incredible deck hockey career that has lasted around 25 years. Yeah. And uh, very happy to say that it shows no signs of slowing down, which is great. So if you wouldn't mind, would you please share your amazing bio with us? And we'll start from the beginning. Uh, when and where did you start playing ball hockey?
1: I grew up in South Jersey, so I was in the Mount Laurel area, so like suburbs of Philadelphia, and started playing like... Uh, games with kids uh, probably about eight or nine years of age we started uh doing games in like our uh cul-de-sac and stuff and then the tennis courts we'd play on uh we do a lot of roller skating i guess versus rollerblading back then so we did a lot of tennis courts that we just kind of organized ourselves and then uh after school obviously play some games with all the kids in the area because uh hockey was huge at that point so it was something a lot of kids wanted to do in the area
0: wayne let me ask you a question i just want to stop you there real quick Because this is something that I've wondered about for much of my life. So I don't want to date you or anything, but when you were growing up, were the devils like a a thing in Jersey? No. (laughs) No? Okay. The reason I ask is because I have cousins who live in Jersey, and they are all big Philadelphia fans. That's their rooting interest, baseball, hockey, football, etc. And I'm just wondering why Philadelphia and not like, the teams that are actually in jersey
1: i guess it's proximity it kind of goes up the jersey turnpike until you get in like the middle there which i'm not sure who you root for in the middle zone but if you're south jersey it's usually you're associated with philadelphia and then the higher up you go the turnpike you get closer to you know the devils rangers islanders you get that mix there so that's how it happened we were probably about a half hour away from philly so my dad got tickets to a lot of games and we went to a lot of flyers games growing up so that's probably a main reason why
2: all right thank you so, and your playing career alone is extremely impressive. How did you earn spots on the U.S. national teams and do any tournaments stand out among your favorite experiences?
1: Well, with the national teams, it was a master's team. It wasn't any of the uh, official like open tournaments, but um,
0: yeah, so, so I, mean, uh,
1: I did the DC master's in 2014 down in Tampa, which was a great experience playing with a bunch of guys and, you know, being able to make that team and, fourth line center but it was still it was still great to be a part of the team and the experience it was kind of like the first one with that dc group so we were like a tight niche group and a lot of players with chips on their shoulders from not making the top usa team so we had a we had a great group that worked really hard and you know played for each other and played well together so it was a fun experience
2: so were there scouts coming after you guys and stuff like that or did you have to go for tryouts
1: yeah there were tryouts yeah so they basically did kind kind of chose the teams and um it was fun it was the first one so it was kind of a new experience for uh you know, having the two USA teams, Jamie Cook had, had set it up to get that second USA team and opened a lot of doors for other players to be able to get a chance to play on that uh, international level for Masters.
2: Yeah, I mean, because you figure there's not many spots available, and Lord knows how many hundreds of players tried to make it. That's pretty amazing that you guys were honored to be on that team.
1: Yeah, it was fun, to uh, you know, play on there. And we had a, a solid line that we were called since we had a Boston guy, New York guy, and a <laughs> Philly guy. So nice. that was our... wow. Uh, Yeah, it was fun. It was a great experience. And, uh, you know, my my wife was a part of it. She was able to come on as a trainer for both teams. So she was able to come on and experience with me as well. So we had a great time. Is that something? that?
0: Sorry, James, is that something she does professionally, the medical field? Or was it kind of just something she is? trained in.
1: She's a physical therapist. Okay. So she's also a hockey player, which is how we met. So there's another uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> set of information there. We actually met while I was uh refereeing a co ed league in the Arlington area. So kinda of met her. I was coaching a women's team at the time, kinda of asked her to come uh you know play some tournaments and stuff. And then a couple of years later we end up dating and we are married with a two year old. Oh well got it?
0: awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. God <laughs> bless yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So she still plays now.
0: The two year old? Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, he hasn't started yet, but we'll get him out there soon. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry.
2: <laughs> Just out of curiosity, what uh, position does your does your wife play? Is she also uh, a center, or do you guys, can you team up, or what?
1: Center as well.
2: Wow, okay. Yeah. All right, so Sonny Boy has some great genes in him already, so uh, looking I- forward to see you. <laughs> down the road (laughs) very cool very good well yeah congratulations and god bless that that's amazing
1: also there was the other uh, international experience where we went down to Turks and Caicos for a ball hockey tournament was 2005-2006 also two USA teams there was a USA North and a USA South so I was able to privileged enough to be the captain of the USA South team so that was a fun experience as well we had a good time there. We were the lower of the two teams, but we had a good group of D.C. guys and some players from Atlanta and other areas, and we went down there and had a
2: great time. Wow, Captain, that that's incredible. But yeah, to play in Turks and Caicos, a colleague of mine, she's from there, and, and she just went on vacation there to, to visit family. Were you too distracted to worry about playing deck hockey? That must have been paradise. Yeah, yeah,
1: true. Funny story, they had like this opening, like a welcoming type ceremony, and uh, it was the first day there, so our team kind of went. We were probably drinking most of, the, most of the day. So by the time we got to that, it was a little bit embarrassing. We had some players like falling over and making like a big stink at the uh, ceremony. So it was kind of funny there. And then we played our next game against the Montreal team the next morning. And we pretty much got ran out of the building because uh, most of our players were hung over and they were a very elite team. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Now, so was it an indoor rink or an outdoor rink?
1: Indoor. So they opened some doors, but it was like, uh, it was pretty much playing in a sauna. It was four.
0: <laughs> okay well so,
1: uh, y- players passing out and other ones throwing up and yeah it was a rough experience it's comical now but at the time it was not
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i imagine not
1: <laughs> we played that team later on in the playoffs and played them much much stronger much better but they uh in the end they they definitely took us down but we had, we had a much better uh plan of action and uh you know we we, we gave them a good fight in that one well
2: you
0: well,
1: know it
2: sounds to me like that uh maybe they were the ones responsible for feeding your teammates some uh
0: extra drinks and stuff like that <laughs>
1: Possible. It's possible. We didn't really know anybody when we first got there. So it could have been them as well.
0: Ah, uh, sabotage. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? The important thing is that you had a great time.
1: Of course. Yeah. That was one of the best trips and uh, a lot of close friends. And we, we we had a blast. We actually ended up staying an extra two days because there was a hurricane that came right before we got down there. And then it affected all the airports. So we ended up staying an extra two days due to the weather, <laughs> which wasn't a bad thing because it was like 80, 85 degrees and sunny the whole time. So wow. if your, your liver could handle Two days weren't bad.
2: <laughs> well earned. Very
1: good.
2: So yeah, so let's get back up to uh, your hometown. Um, when you founded DC Street Hockey back in 2002, was it? Yes,
1: right around there, yep.
2: Had you had any experience starting or running a uh, deck hockey league before?
1: Yes, we had uh, back in, well, when I moved to Virginia in the mid-80s or so, there really wasn't much of it, so I kind of started Organizing some uh, scrimmages and games amongst friends. And then uh, that led to finding some other people that played hockey in high school that. Yeah, it had like neighborhood teams as well. So we kind of organized our own type of games amongst neighborhoods here and there, which also turned into us starting a league at probably around 87, 88 in uh, Woodbridge at Arena Sports and Fitness, where we kind of got a league running on Sunday nights. So that was like the first kind of ball hockey, street hockey, deck hockey in the area. It was on an indoor soccer turf, but it, you know, it worked well and kind of grew from like 16s and we kind of ballooned it up to, you know, mid 20s, you know, by the time we got it going.
2: Wow. That's really yeah. impressive.
1: Yeah. Man. And then back then the advertising was all kind of, you know, you have to put ads in like newspapers and do it like the, you know, old school way of, you know, recruiting, but it worked out because hockey players ended up finding out about it and word of mouth. And you know, that's kind of where the sport kind of started growing in this
0: area. What are the logistics for something like that? How do, How do you just go about start? I mean, I get getting together with friends and like-minded people and just playing, but when you're talking about renting space and, in, in uh, you know, facilities and what have you. How do you go about starting something like that?
1: We got some, a group of people together from the teams and kind of started talking and people had connections that played soccer over at that place and we just kind of brought it up to them and say hey we have this group of people and we wanted to kind of start a league and kind of work that way i didn't run the league but we you know definitely helped get it off the ground and get it organized and you know we made it work and it was fun we played on sunday nights and we brought a bunch of friends so it was like we could bring a good crowd on a sunday night you know they had alcohol and snack bar there so that always helped bring a few extra people in
0: (laughs) and so which was your first experience actually running a league
1: I'm trying to think. Well, I, I went into, it was a Springfield league we did, Springfield, Virginia, uh, in the mid-90s at the Sportsplex, Fairfax Sportsplex. So we kind of started there and started indoors in like a small, like, rink that wasn't very big that we did four on four. And then they uh, they put an outdoor rink behind there. And then we switched over to that, which was a really nice rink. They went to get a permit for lights and they never got a permit to build a rink. So they had to tear it down, which mm. is how we ended up working right now.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: It was kind of unfortunate. It was a nice place. And, you know, but we built the the leagues up there and kind of just transferred everything over to where we're at now. We kind of, I kind of came to the guy and said, this is the X amount of teams I can give you. We want Sundays from this time to this time. And he took the guarantee money because his teams were kind of flaky at the time. So kind of got the door at the uh, at the rink that we're at now
0: so tell that story about this rink getting torn down so from what you just described was it as simple as oh we want to put lights in so they applied for a permit and then the city discovered that there was no permit for the rink to exist
1: yeah correct yeah i was just running the leagues at the time it was like a big soccer it was like a multi-sport facility so mm-hmm. they were the ones in charge of doing that sure. but uh word on the street, that's what it was. They never got the permit to build it. And then when they went to get the permit for lights, they realized they never did it the proper route. So they made them tear it down, which was, I mean, it was very heartbreaking there.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So we had a friend that actually heard about this other roller league and we kind of just split over there. The rink wasn't as nice, but it was very close and, you know, gave us another option to keep the leagues going.
2: So Wayne, it's amazing. How do you manage your time refing a Virginia co-ed league, running a women's travel team, general managing and coaching the U.S. women's national team and running leagues and tournaments, how do you do it?
1: Well, first off, with the women's, I started coaching women's in, like, 2005. I went to World Championships in Pittsburgh, I think it was. I think it was 2005 in Pittsburgh. Jamie Cook had asked if I wanted to help out coaching a women's team and kind of did that and had a great experience with it and kind of thought, like, all right, it'd be great to get a lot of D.C. women to start playing. So I started coaching a women's team from there. We did an A team to start, finished second a couple times and kind of did that. And then um, that ended up growing and ended up coaching, ended up switching to an A team, which I think we were stop blocks at the time. So kinda of did that. We had a few D C players, but in order to to get to the level we needed to get to kinda of compete with the A, we kinda of ended up branching off into we had some players from Philly, from Connecticut, Massachusetts, and then we kinda of, Pittsburgh, we kinda of grabbed you know, whoever we could that wasn't on an A-team and you know, built it up. And we were usually usually about second best at most of these tournaments. So we had a lot of second-place finishes. Losing to the, uh oh, what teams were that called, that uh ended up taking us down. The girls on top squad ended up taking us down quite often. We lost to them three times in a row in North Americans by goal in overtime, double overtime, triple overtime. Mm-hmm. Painful loss, you can think of. We, we were... Sunk by that team over and over again, which is a bit frustrating. But in 2017, we finally got a North American championship, so that was definitely probably my most you know proudest moment as a coach, winning that 2017 A. Uh, North Americans with Crush. We switched names from uh, blocks to Crush, so that was awesome to finally get that A championship. Last year we ended up finishing second, but uh that was a pretty solid run for a team that we had there.
0: Did you say but, you switched your team name?
1: Think. Yeah, we were blocks We kind of just and we just decided we needed to <laughs> change the name up, so we ended up going to Crush with a new design and kind of went with that. Probably like three years ago, three or four years ago, we switched to that name.
0: Is that like a Mighty Ducks situation where you were in the middle of a game and you're like, this isn't working. We need to change and inspire us.
1: No, I think we were just looking for something different and looking for some new shirts and kind of the uh, shop blocks name came from one of our players at one point that kind of, it was her idea. And she had, you know, obviously had a lot of, ate the shop blocks before games and we kind of just rolled with that. And then she wasn't playing with us anymore. So we just kind of decided to switch it up and try something new. So
0: Well, sounds like it worked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Part of it, um, like I said, like Becky Dobson's been on our team for well since she started. She started with us in her A tournaments, and she's been on my team for a long time. And it's been great to be a part of that and watch her game, you know, develop. And she's just turned into one of obviously one of the top players on Team USA. So it's it's fun to watch. For the USA thing, I did that was back in. 2015. So I, I was a assistant GM with Jason Kelly, and then I was an offensive coach as well. So assistant coach for offense. So that was I did that that time around, but that I have not done that since because that was uh that did take up a lot of time. It was a blast and an amazing experience. So it was a good time for sure.
0: Is that the women's team that went to Zug?
1: Yes, Zug, yeah. And uh, that was, I mean, Switzerland was an amazing place. And it was just a fun experience to take the team over there and be a part of it. You know, doing the practices together in the camps and, you know, taking the team over there and also being able to watch the men's team play because they had a heck of a run that year and came close to gold. The women didn't quite do as well. We ended up fourth that year, but mm. it was still a great experience in Switzerland. Obviously, a beautiful country, so... It was fun. Well, also my wife didn't initially make that team, but she ended up after a few drops, ended up being able to make that team and was able to be fourth line center minutes here and there. So it was fun for her to actually be a part of it as well after I was already involved with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, not to take anything away from your, your wife or anyone else on the team, if it was me, if I could make it onto a team that had usa on the jersey i think you know that not that i wouldn't try to represent and and you know go all the way to win but i think that right there by itself would be just an amazing experience that i would take with me for the rest of my life
1: oh for sure that was that was that was amazing and i was you know obviously very proud that she uh, you know worked hard and came to the camps and ended up making on the team and mm-hmm. it was fun yeah obviously i wish i would have been able to, to make one of those myself but uh, I'll, I'll take the master since uh <laughs> Started a bit late. It would have been fun to make those runs back in the day in the mid-20s or so.
0: Uh, As far as I'm concerned, (laughs) it still counts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And plus the
2: fact that uh, if the opportunity wasn't there, then so be it. So, I mean... Again, as we were uh, going over your bio and, and all that from what Craig gave us and what, what you shared from us through emails and stuff like that, I just can't believe it. It's like you have a, a dream ball hockey career. And uh, God bless you. As we said, you look like you're in phenomenal shape and, and there's uh, there's no end in sight. So we hope that you are the Yaramir Yager of ball hockey, <laughs> Mr. Barry. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so you're still refing the um, Virginia League.
1: Yeah, I ref uh, for Arlington County, and then I I, I still obviously ref a lot of games in my own leagues, and then I still play twice a week in you know the Sunday and Wednesday draft league that we do. So yep, still stay active with that. It's fun.
0: Wayne, take us through a typical week for you because you know we James alluded to it before, but it really sounds like. You know, your hockey is your whole life and, and and I don't know how you have time for all of it. So what does a typical week look like for you?
1: Well, I mean, pretty much now everything is hockey related. I kind of branched off to do pretty much all hockey now. So I kind of managed the, the rink that we have now. I kind of I took that over last year. So I'm in charge of like all the after hours activities and all the leagues there. So I manage that rink and then I ref for Arlington County. And then uh, I also run five or six tournaments a year, co-ed and men's at our rink in Alexandria, Virginia. So basically, I'm uh, home during the day with my son quite a bit. And then I'll uh, doing work on the computer and keeping the leagues organized and running. And then at night, I'm usually at the rink, except for Thursday. So this, this night actually worked out really well for me.
2: <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, we, we really appreciate that too, taking the time out. And I'm glad that that did work out. But what's, your, what's the radius like? Uh, are you doing a lot of driving and a lot of traveling between DC and Virginia?
1: I do. We moved... Like three years ago out suburbs a bit, so I'm about forty forty five minutes from both of those ranks, the one that I manage and the one in Arlington so but a lot of times it's off hours or you know I'm going mostly against traffic which you know in DC there's always traffic going in every direction so it's it's quite a bit of driving but in order to afford a nice house in this area with some property it kind of get pushed out a little further than you want
2: but yeah we can definitely relate to that <laughs> Gary and I so but that, that that's fantastic really really yeah. cool
1: my wife's at PT like 10 minutes from here so she's got an easy commute so I take the bulk of the driving so, <laughs> so your podcast will work out well
2: for me uh, driving back and forth All right, great much appreciated yeah, hopefully we can keep you company yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I have a similar situation uh, my wife works like 15 minutes away from our house and i have to take the subway and bus you know 90 minutes back and forth every day right. but you know i'm okay with that
1: right yeah it's a lot of late nights but you know coming home at least there's no traffic and it's kind of relaxing at times sometimes just sit in the car and kind of listen to music or podcasts or you know just to relax here and there
2: very
0: cool good well if we can play some small part in that then that's fantastic i'm glad to hear it <laughs> So
2: you're still loyal to uh, the Flyers?
1: Yeah, yeah. I torture myself by uh, watching pretty much every game, sometimes in fast-forward, sometimes, you know, depending on time restraints. But, uh, yep, still with them. Hopefully uh, I can get my son to suffer with me and eventually maybe one day they'll win something
2: is the missus uh is she a dc fan at all or are you guys on the same page
1: she's from actually northern new jersey but i uh, didn't really have a hockey team so i kind of uh fed the uh flyers into her so we we agree on that and then <laughs> football we uh we definitely disagree and <laughs> so that's the main thing football is a giant eagle so a lot sundays I'm, oh. like, I'm gone at the rink so it's it's kind of a good thing we don't have to watch a lot of those games together sure okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think that ends well for anybody.
1: No, no. <laughs> Much better that I'm somewhere else at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, the important thing is you got the hockey team on the same page, so that that's fine. That should override everything else. But right. God, good for you guys. It's uh, wonderful. So can you even guess how many tournaments and leagues you have played in during your career? Uh, you know, just forget about the coaching part and the running the leagues and the tournaments. How, how many tournaments and leagues? Leagues have you played in?
1: Oof, that's a good question there. Playing tournament wise, oh man, they, uh, I'd probably say maybe a hundred. I don't know, it could be, I don't know, I'm trying, kind of trying to guess on that. Between, um, uh, I started playing some in the 90s with a team called the Maryland Flyers. Did some tournaments with them because I already had a team that was traveling. I did that and then kind of got our DC Phantoms started around 2002. So we started doing tournaments in um, our first main one was in Marple uh, that Rich Gabe ran. Did that one and ended up finishing second. Pretty good tournament. George Tarantino, which you probably know, ended up scoring a hat trick against us in that one to, to knock us down. But then we started doing Pittsburgh Nationals. Mark Mann run the tournament every year, D Nationals. We did that. We did uh, North Americans. A lot of the pool hockey tournaments are not sure what they were called back then. But, you know, there were people that ran those. And then Jamie Cook ran a lot of those tournaments. So we did a lot of those at the, let's see, the hockey, de- uh, it was like um, it was fun spot. There was all sorts of different places. We started doing George Tarantino's tournament, and I think it was in Reading PA back then. So we just started mixing in like three or four tournaments a year. Beach Bash, obviously, we did from the initial year that that started. So the uh, DC fan has been going for a long time. Probably had a peak, uh, I don't know, maybe the mid-2000s. We probably got in the top 10 range or so when we were playing uh, some really good hockey back in the day, and then kind of, you know, a lot of the older guys started dropping off, and we kind of hit a little, a little fall there for a bit, and then kind of regrouped, and Actually got some wins, got a couple Holiday Bash wins in like 13 and 14 for D, which was a big step for us, which was nice. And then this past Holiday Bash, we took a C title. So we're we're working our way back up. That's our plan. Keep that building.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And don't worry, we won't fact check you on any of that. (laughs) But I I do want to ask you about that. When Craig was on, he, he told us about Beach Bash and Holiday Bash. And what we've heard from him is that teams don't so much go there to win as to uh enjoy the journey let's say
1: yeah oh for sure
0: <laughs> so did did you guys go to win or were you just there to party like everybody else
1: probably a combination of uh of that we tried to go a day early and stay a day late so you can kind of get a mix as i try to tell my players just go all out on every night except for saturday night so you can kind of try to save sunday save playoff day <laughs> Sure. Uh, but uh we had a couple tournaments players did not make the uh, playoff games. And yeah, wh- one year we actually had a player we thought that skipped our game. He ended up being, unfortunately, hit by a car. Oh, and no. Our- yeah, we ended up finding him that he was in a hospital like hours later, which luckily ended up being okay, but he had a couple nights in the hospital, uh, from somebody running through a red light and fortunately hitting him. But uh, yeah, but we we had some great time. We went to beach bass year after year and just we'd get group houses and then just lots and lots and lots of nights at Secrets and lots of drinking. (laughs) (laughs) It was always a good time though.
0: All right, Wayne, thank you. That is awesome. And we really we would like to extend you an invitation to come back next week and finish this conversation because I think there's a lot more to cover. So, uh, you know, you you can you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend and we will catch up with you again, you know, this time next week. So, until then, thank you. But uh for now, James, speaking of Memorial Day.
2: Yeah, and the American Rhino really earns his uh, his reputation and nickname because he's a true patriot and Memorial Day. Yeah, it's nice that you have the barbecues and sales and whatever else, but it's really about the heroes that sacrificed everything for this great country of ours. And uh, our military is the best. It's second to none. And we appreciate all those who have served and are serving and will serve. And we really appreciate the families of all too, especially because they sacrifice pretty much just as much as our uh, soldiers do and sailors. So the ones that uh, gave everything for this country and and the fact that we can have barbecues and play deck hockey and go to the beach and have freedoms. It's all thanks to them and uh, their heroics and just being so selfless and brave and keeping us all safe. We appreciate it very, 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 very much. And, you know, just wanted to get that out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, James, you know what? I don't think I told you. I have a flag now. (laughs) I, I know. I know that sounds kind of random. So, you know, those flags that you would see on like a stage in an auditorium or something with the gold base and the kind of the 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 gold fringe on them and the like the eagle on top of the the pole what have you yeah so as i've mentioned previously on the podcast my company is moving and as part of that things that are not being transported over to the new building are just kind of being left to to be gotten rid of and it so happens that we had a theater in my building and in the green room of that theater was one of those flags that i just described well long story short it now belongs to the american rhino
2: couldn't be going to a more appropriate place so very nice and very happy to hear that when you said you have a flag i was thinking of that huge flag in front of shea stadium after september 11th and stuff like that (laughs) so because you know the american rhino when he decorates he goes all out Uh so but that's really cool i when you mentioned that flag i pictured uh, charlie brown christmas with lights please and uh, so yeah
0: <laughs> yes yes uh, well yeah i mean they haven't changed much over the years so yeah that that's basically it and so uh you know i i figured one i don't have a flag i'm the american rhino i should have a flag and two i figured you know the last thing I want is for this thing to get trashed because it's the American flag. So, you know, it now resides in my home. Well,
2: I'm very happy to hear that. And God bless you for, for saving it too. And appropriately. So, and there's any Marines or uh, green berets or anybody out there listening or Navy SEAL. I'm glad you did the right thing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I my my I was going to say my coworker. He is my coworker, but uh more specifically, he is super fan Anthony actually helped me fold it properly. He he pulled up a YouTube video about the proper way to fold a flag. So, we tried to do it. I don't think we did it quite right. It 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 wasn't exactly neat and tucked and squared off the way that the flag is supposed to be, but did our best. So, You know, thank you, Anthony, for that. And, you know, we tried to be respectful.
2: You know, I didn't even need to ask that question because I knew that you would. And um, I'm sure you have the same experiences as I do. But I've had many uncles that have served and have showed me how to properly fold the American flag. And it's it's. It's not easy. It takes practice and it is worth it because that, that flag is so important and beautiful and, and means so much. So well done. Plus, it's nice to have something to match your pads and your helmet and stuff like that, too.
0: As far as uh, relatives, I I believe I only have one uncle that served, but he did not teach me how to fold flag. I never asked, in fairness <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the the video did suffice.
2: Oh, good. Well, that's uh, it's nice to see that there are some things that are really handy on YouTube or Google or whatever the case, instead of some junk smut that ruins your brain. So, good stuff.
0: Well, there's plenty of that, too. But my sister actually, in grammar school, in eighth grade, so... This may be a thing in every grammar school. I don't know. I only went to mine, so I I couldn't say. But our safety patrol, which mostly was eighth graders would serve as crossing guards outside of the school in the morning and afternoon, you know, for the safety of the students. So there was that. But there were also other jobs that fell under safety patrol or patrol, as we called it, uh, which did not include crossing the street. And part of that was I held doors for people (laughs) entering for classes, entering and exiting the building. And my sister was also on patrol. Her job and the reason that I bring this up, she was the person who uh, would put up and take down the flag every day. She was one of two people that would do that. They were a team. So, you know, I, I guess I could have asked her to talk me through it, but I didn't. So, you know, we took it upon ourselves.
2: Okay, well, I'm glad that the patriotism runs through the family. That Mm -hmm. is quite an honor and great job. So, well done to your lovely sister.
0: Mm, Yeah, thank you. But uh, what else is being done to honor this country? Maybe specifically... In a a deck hockey capacity.
2: Exactly. Thanks for bringing that up, American Rhino. So we'll go from Pittsburgh to Tampa, and then we'll jump into Boston and St. Louis for the greatest trophy of all time. But uh, yeah, over in Pittsburgh, they are going to kick off their summer with a whole slew of things to do and really very cool if you're uh, you know you have kids off from the summer from, from school and instead of being bored and having nothing to do they have a whole list of stuff and uh, including running and swimming and something called spray parks so I don't know if that's as cool as uh, the spray pad that we were talking about a couple of podcasts ago but either way that that's a nice option and they list deck hockey specifically ball hockey too not roller or ice nothing against those two wonderful sports but specifically deck hockey And they have eight deck hockey rinks to choose from.
0: What? Yeah. Send us one. Exactly. Just, you know, put it in a bunch of boxes and FedEx it over here to New York. Sure. I'm I'm sure Wayne would have
2: appreciated that, too, from what he went through to get his new deck rink built. But uh, really, kudos to the Capitals for helping him out and stepping up and, and his teammates for raising all that money, which is fantastic. But so, yeah, they they have eight of them and they they have a website you could go check out, uh, cityparks.net, and you can find out about leagues and where to play and times and whatever. So uh, that's pretty, pretty amazing that it wasn't just that one place to meet, but they have eight options. So including one brand new one, which they said is coming soon. So they just listed the areas where they are. I'm not familiar with the Pittsburgh area. So I'm not going to go into that. But if you are in the Pittsburgh area, you got some great options to choose from.
0: Yeah. And as you mentioned, Pittsburgh is not the only area with a lot of ball hockey rinks to choose from.
2: No, um, as we talked about in recent podcasts, that uh, not only are the Washington Capitals doing so many great things for deck hockey specifically, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have also been doing great stuff for deck hockey, including their promise to build 10 deck hockey rinks or ball hockey rinks in the Tampa Bay area by next year. And they broke ground on a brand new one recently, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that should be up pretty soon. And this is all thanks to the Lightning's Build the Thunder 2.0 program. And the new rink is being built or finished up in Oldsmar. And at the Oldsmar Lightning Street Hockey Rink is what it'll be called. So that's uh, an area in, in Tampa Bay, and also Heritage Insurance has helped out, fitting the bill for that as well. And uh, CEO Steve Griggs is uh, w- with the Lightning, and he has been saying that uh, the, the program that Tampa Bay has done has been phenomenal. So not only are they building ten rinks, but they have already donated more than a hundred thousand hockey sticks and hockey pucks and slash balls for ball hockey to uh, area kids. And they went so far as to now build places for them to play. Really, you can't just talk about going the extra mile, building and and encouraging kids to play hockey. There's just no excuse after this, man. I mean, they've covered all the bases to borrow from another sport.
0: No, that's outstanding. Although there is one aspect of this that I would like to focus on specifically. And that is because I am a pedant and cannot help focusing on meaningless minutia. And specifically in this case it is the build the thunder program so my question for you james is what is the thunder in this case now i know i understand that's what it's called build the thunder but what 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 is the thunder specifically i mean thunder obviously is the thing that comes after lightning because it is the sound that is created by the crack of lightning and 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 i i get that but you know symbolically speaking what does the thunder represent here is that the fandom of the lightning is that like the uh the lightning is the the hockey team and the thunder is the thing that follows it that follows the lightning am i overthinking this That's an excellent theory.
2: And I apologize for stepping on CEO Steve Griggs toes here. But uh, if I have to harbor a guess, I couldn't do a better one than that, American Rhino. That makes perfect sense. And that is, yes, the point of this, too, is that they are focusing on third to fifth graders and uh, promoting the quote unquote 10,000 hours of progressive training. So progressive meaning that they'll start from ball hockey and stick handling and basics Maybe move on to roller hockey and then possibly ice hockey and Lord knows where else. Maybe, as we said in the past, you have some future Olympians and NHLers out there that they had in their backyard and and, and these kids maybe would have never have even considered playing hockey had it not been from the Build the Thunder program. So that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's it's hand in hand and I like that.
0: Inquiring minds want to know, answer me!
2: I plead the fifth. I don't know. I thought
0: your answer was much better than anything I could come up with. I didn't mean you. I meant, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm kind of generally putting out that angry demand to the lightning organization i don't expect to actually get an answer i don't expect any thunder to come from my metaphorical lightning question okay well yeah we 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 aim to please here on hit the deck so okay so uh yeah i mean if you have an uh, if you have any kind of speculation as to what that might mean dear listener please feel free to reach out to us and tell us what you think it means And while
2: you're doing that, yeah, the the final piece of a very busy weekend when you have uh, finished saying a prayer for our military or thanking a veteran or whatever the case is, or a current military personnel, the Stanley Cup final, game
0: one, starts on the night of Memorial Day itself. James, there are no words. Something terrible has happened. Something absolutely terrible. I'm beside myself, James. Uh Uh-oh. Because, James, you know that the Blues are in the finals. They are in the Stanley Cup finals, and you know what that means. No more sharks. No more sharks. No more sharks. No more sharks. Got knocked out. Got knocked out. Got knocked out. Got out, Got knocked out time for golf do do do, do 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 time for golf do 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 time for golf do 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 time for golf
2: <laughs> i think it's kind of appropriate that uh, a team named after uh, a form of music that people either love or people just don't get or hate good for the blues t- for that aspect take out the sharp And yes, it's a rematch of uh, last podcast. We talked about the 49th anniversary of number four flying through the air, winning the Stanley Cup in 1970. That was against the St. Louis Blues. And uh, now the rematch is there.
0: Now they're chum. Now they're chum. Now they're chum. Now they're chum. (laughs) Focus on, in
2: all honesty, though, the Blues really played, A tremendous series against San Jose. I I, At the beginning of the playoffs, I was thinking that Tampa Bay and Calgary were going to just run roughshod through the playoffs and and collide in the Stanley Cup final. That didn't even come close to happening. But the Bruins just, uh, listen, I admit I have a soft spot in my heart for the Bruins because their team president is none other than Seabass himself mr cam neely mm-hmm. and if they do succeed again his name is already on the cup but i wish more than anything that instead of his name which he deserves or at least put cam quote unquote Seabass bass neely on lord stanley's cup
0: <laughs> i think that might be a tall order there james <laughs> Yeah, and, and the Blues have a lot to say
2: for that too. So, just curious American Rhino, do you do you have any uh, rooting interest in this or you're just going to enjoy watching the final and see what happens?
0: None of the above. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, I love hockey in principle, but we covered this last week and and previous I you know, the Rangers aren't in it. I really it I I find it difficult to to invest my attention and uh, especially since our Mets are finally starting to win again. Like I I don't know how that happened after getting decisively swept by the worst team in baseball. They, they've, they've rebounded quite considerably. So, you know, that's where, that's where I'm, I'm directing my attention. I think maybe somebody from the Mets organization listened to your uh, plea (laughs) and
2: uh, instead of listening to their own podcast, So that was very well done American Rhino.
0: If the Mets, people players front office coaches whatever if the Mets organization is listening to this podcast instead of doing their jobs of making the team better then I want them to stop (laughs) like that I shouldn't be motivating them (laughs) go go win baseball (laughs) and just James just finally on on the topic of the Stanley Cup finals and sea bass if cam neely was hoping to get sea bass on the stanley cup you know i mean it's a lofty ambition but unfortunately i think he's going to get the cam shaft <laughs> a long walk that was not worth it you're welcome <laughs> very well done yeah no uh, i t- <laughs> i take no credit for anything
2: but I, don't, I, I just appreciate having the gearheads involved in there too. So nice
0: nicely done, American uh, rider. Uh, all right, you know what? Let's <laughs> let. Oh, Wayne deserves better. Let's finish this. <laughs> Last minute remaining in the podcast. Yes, I agree with me. So we, we we have a cord. It is time to wrap this thing up. So that being the case, we would like to thank you, dear listener, for listening to another episode of Hit the Deck, for tuning in, for spending some time with us. We hope you enjoyed and we will have more fun stuff for you again next week. Same pod time, same deck time channel or whatever we would like to thank anthony sejazi for providing us with music and a huge thank you to wayne for dropping by and dropping knowledge about his career and his exploits and the many 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 things that he has accomplished in his hockey tenure and we would welcome him back next week wayne come on back come on back next week and tell us more tell us more you know we want we want more story time with uncle wayne so let's uh let's do that yes let's let's all let let's all you and i and james and we and all of us let's make a pact to reconvene here next week on episode 138 yes yes great good good it's settled we will do that so anyway uh, I feel I've completely <laughs> lost the thread anyway, doesn't matter. So listener, if you have any feedback that you'd like to give us if you if you know if you want to tell us about the thunder, what does it mean? please feel free to do so hit us up at hit deck at gmail.com deck is of course spelled d-e-k hit the deck at gmail.com we are hit the deck pod on twitter and on facebook and instagram we are at hit the deck and we are hit the deck podcast on youtube so please please go to those places subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice because we want you to get hit the deck right in your ear holes just as soon as we drop it so you don't have to Go looking for it. We we don't want you to have to do work to get this podcast. It's not worth it. Just we want it to just go right to you. You know, we want to make it easy for you. Subscribe, please, 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 please. James, is there anything you'd care to add? Yes, thank you, sir. Looking for places to play deck? Please check
2: out the Charlotte Street Hockey League. And uh, Lou has a lot of things going on, too. So I think he's going to be making an appearance on the podcast again. So we look forward to that. Columbus Deck Hockey Association. You have the Raleigh Street Hockey League and the VAR Hockey League and, of course, the DCSH of Wayne Barrett. So uh, have fun out there. Thanks for listening and very happy and safe Memorial Day weekend, everybody.
0: Thank you, James, and the same to you. Same to you, fella. Thank you. And, of course, to you, dear listener, we would like to direct this, and that is, of course, that... Whether you are representing your country on a world stage or making the hockey happen here at home, whether you are building and spreading out and making those places where people can play, or whether you are quibbling over pedantic nonsense, regardless of what you find yourself doing, always, we would encourage you to remember, it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. So how Sorry. do you... Ma- my fault.
1: Tell me which way you want me to go to make it flow fluently here.
2: No, that, that was my fault. I just wasn't... Okay, okay. I'll jump in now. But see, there, nope, no sweat. And like I said, I'd be the first one to screw up. So there you go. All right, <laughs> we'll edit that out. It'll be seamless.